You're listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are you perpetually disappointed with mundane crying? Upgrade your tears to steel on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Pablo Vasquez. Hello there. Cyprien Stuvel. Hello there. Francesco Sitti. Hi. Andy Goralczyk. Hello. And I'm Kjalti Helmason. Here's your host, Francesco! Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Blender Institute podcast. So... This is the week of VR things, and this is the week of Blender Cloud things, and uh, a lot of cool stuff yeah. is happening. Yeah? Yeah, if you didn't know it. So there is an extra button. You just click it, and it will be as if the microphone is going into your face as you're listening. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Brand new feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's just uh, get uh, straight into how, um, how things have been going here in the past week. Um, I'd like to start with Andy. Because I know that Andy has been working a lot together with Chalti to do some VR tests or VR-related renders and uh, and so on. So, what have you been up to? Everything that we do is top secret. I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can neither confirm nor deny that you are Andy Goraltic. I yes? can, uh, yeah, and, I, and that I exist. Or <laughs> wow, cool. Well, yeah, but we've been uh, testing. Um, uh, most mostly, Chalti uh, has been animating. And uh, I've been rendering. So, um, yeah, on the rendering side of things, uh, Sergey worked uh, on including the patch by Dalai for spherical uh, VR. Uh, no, that's, uh, sorry, again, the spherical stereoscopic view stuff, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm totally lost in that. <laughs> Anything. Uh, anyway, that that allows you to render an equi rectangular camera, but in uh, in stereo, so yeah. that you can actually turn around, and it makes sense that, uh, like when you look behind you, it, uh, it flips it, it, the it axis, flips everything. So, so it makes so, sense. Yeah it, yeah, it kind of yeah, it's magic. So I've been testing that. Uh, we had some problems. Um, uh, this morning, I realized that uh, yesterday, uh, during the whole day, I was working with a wrong build, so it actually didn't enable that function. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> I half of the day I was uh, turning around, and then uh, everything would suddenly jump at me, yeah, and in some <laughs> weird way, uh, it was very confusing. So, but uh, Sergey managed to fix it. But how is yeah. it? Uh, how is it with the branch? Is it is the functionality still in a separate branch, or is what it was merged already? Um, no, it hasn't been merged yet. I think uh, Sergey is still uh, re- reviewing the patch. I think right now it's uh, going a bit slower because they're also working on some of code or stuff like that. The release, the release. Oh yeah, the release. Yeah, people use releases. I, I don't never know. Re- pay attention to releases mm, nowadays. It slows down everything. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, yeah. But uh, hopefully it will be in master. Yeah, he said it's uh, it's going great, and I think like right now it's working smoothly. Everything, mm-hmm. uh, of course, things can always be optimized for rendering. Um, but yeah, everything is going well. Great. Yeah, just to remember a little bit for people who are not exactly familiar with the technology, what does it mean to render in VR? Like how much more render time it takes, for example, or how much does it take more memory? Does it take well, it yes takes... to everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't take more. Well, okay. Well, first, uh, you have to be able to render your entire scene as a dome, sort of. So everything that is in your file gets rendered. 
everything behind the camera, in front of the camera, sideways, up and down, everything has to be there so there can't be any holes. You can cheat, of course, if there's things that are overlapping in the distance, like if you have something that blocks something from view. Uh, uh, we're constantly doing that. But also at the same time, since it's uh, stereo, you can cheat with the distances only so much. Mm-hmm. So uh, your scene uh, becomes a lot more complex because you need more information to be de- to be in there. So in terms of memory, your scene gets more load. But also at the same time, yeah, you're rendering uh, a really big image. So for I think it the the viewers that we use, I think it's currently it's uh, YouTube for mm-hmm. uh, animation and uh, the awesome Vrai by uh, Sebastian <laughs> Koenig and friends <laughs> uh i think they they work with either 2k or 4k images so it will be either uh, 2048 or 4096 and that's a really big image to render yeah. so yeah it takes a long time so i've been rendering overnight mostly uh on our intels which are really really powerful they're uh, twice as fast as my workstation and uh that has been taking 10 hours per frame that's uh, five hours per stereo eye yeah yeah it's pretty video. good yeah yeah that's okay yeah. it's not In, like people probably hold 10 hours but it's actually it's 4k two fr- uh, stereo so it's two frames yeah so i can i can imagine it will uh, the end result will actually take much more time to render because in the end uh Right now it's only one. It's one thousand samples, and I think in the end we might have to go thousand five hundred because of the noise, because the noise is a big thing that kills the stereo effect, because you'll have oh. this veil in front of your eyes that looks like a screen, that yeah. that is kind of noisy, and that 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 just, uh, yeah, that destroys the whole effect. Yeah, and it will be even more extreme if you see that in, uh, in movement actually. Yeah, but too bad because that that one shot we rendered with eight hundred samples just to give an idea yeah. to people, like if you don't see noise in the first shot, that's eight hundred samples. Yeah. And now we have to render in fifteen hundred, so you almost twice. But right now those eight hundred samples, that's also something that uh is only a one quarter of your view. Yeah. So it's only one side that you're yeah. you're looking at. And uh if you spread that out across like just uh, your your entire field of view that gets really big and that way you see the noise a lot more so it sounds weird but okay it's i believe it's you to- it's totally <laughs> weird so uh in a nutshell we need more samples because that look looks better <laughs> <laughs> oh who would have thought yeah <laughs> all right well then uh, that uh, explains that gives a bit of uh, insight in how how things are yeah and then we had how some things we are yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, and then you run into all these issues where you need to set the interocular distance and uh, the the convergence plane correctly, and uh, we still have to figure out, yeah. uh, in terms of the staging, everything how how we put the uh, the convergence plane. Um, I think I think what you mentioned to me regarding the plane was kind of interesting because my gut reaction was just like with any depth of field of focus is to put it on the thing you want in focus, but Andy was talking about how. It should be a, a little bit closer than that because otherwise you keep f- feeling like this thing is coming at you. Yeah. So it starts to feel a bit gimmicky, and also the edges of the screen or the the kind of the backdrop might kind of start bleeding a little bit into into your view, 
which which makes you feel like you're looking at uh, something that has a cutoff point instead of like looking into the. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. You described the waveboard better than me. I I I know I didn't. I said stuff. <laughs> I, I said stuff a lot, and then things come at me, and I uh, don't think that's good because um. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I've developed this internal uh, Goralchik interpreter, mm-hmm. and it, it just like I, I know flows, what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. flows. That Brilliant. amazing. Yeah. I wish I had that. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, and especially if you're um, if you're very close to the ground and you're focusing something uh, way into the distance, and then in VR, of course, you can look down. Uh, if you don't set your conversions plane close enough you just end up uh the the ground is en- uh, ends up coming at you yeah. which is really strange yeah so that's actually brings us a little bit to the topic of okay how do you lay out scenes how actually action looks like in uh when doing vr layout and i know that yad has been doing some experiments with that and he's been doing some some tests yep. so a lot of testing going on. A lot and of how uh, is it? Because I know at the beginning you were a little bit skeptical <laughs> yeah. and uh, not sure. So, but how you've been playing with it a little bit now? So, is it at least a bit challenging? To- yeah, it's uh, it is super challenging because we, I th- I think what we have as a test right now is okay because we're we're kind of testing around the first shot of Kamenandes, which is pretty much stationary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we don't have this crazy camera move or whatnot. So it it is a perfect test for the the kind of the vr experience but at the same time it's such a different medium that things you could get away with with uh the lens the 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 camera angle whatnot now all of a sudden you not only do you not get away with it you see things that were never meant to be shown and uh it just gives you a different impression of things for example you have in that first shot you have this group of penguins and they go by really quickly and it was always supposed to be just like this feeling of a group coming by really fast, but you, you're not supposed to see what every single one of them is doing necessarily. And it's not that important, but it's important that they flow nicely. Mm-hmm. But since the camera angle is quite narrow, you're not going to look at one penguin and be like, wow, he went from there to there to there. But now in the VR, you really see them coming. And not only that, um, uh, we needed to... We needed to put the camera a little bit closer. So that feeling that you get, um, if you just put it exactly the same spot, you're way further away. So you kind of see coral a little bit more in the distance. So we pushed it a little bit closer. Now we feel like a dwarf. So we push the camera a little bit up. Now we we get the wrong angle on because half the shot, he is on the ground. And we are kind of just looking down upon him, which is not what was, what was supposed to be happening. And also the, the animation was never meant for that angle. So it kind of look, doesn't look that great. So we have to push the camera a little bit down and try it again. And it, it becomes this back and forth. A lot forth. of camera moving. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So here's also one thing. So you, you, you look around, you feel a bit more immersed in the world, and you see these penguins come. And then if, if you, if you, uh, I, I tried just having the original animation, and you can see that the penguins never touch any, uh, like the berry, the, the little group of berries. They never touch it. So and and they are really far apart, and there are not that many of them. It just feels like there's so many of them in the original uh, shot. Mm-hmm. So I had I ended up tweaking, 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 and and what I have now is almost just a reanim. Like every single one of them has been just reanimated from scratch because I, I needed to tweak them to the point that none of the original animation 
is left. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> wow. It, which is something that you would probably be doing anyway if you would be moving the camera because yeah. you tend to cheat and make it really look beautiful from the camera point. And so far, the test that we're doing is with a stationary camera. Yeah. So yeah. this means that the, you, you can at least design the scene from one point of view, because if you yeah. would be able to even move around that, that would become even more tricky. But yeah. that's at the moment something we are not doing, right? No, no, so, no. This, this already is adding a whole other level of complexity. Because now you're frame by framing and making sure that there's... Uh, there's no moment when all of a sudden one in one frame, one of the penguins is accidentally totally intersecting Coro or flying or facing the wrong way or something. So you kind of have to frame by frame a little bit and then move the camera to another angle and frame by frame that angle roughly. I mean, it doesn't need to be 100% perfect, but it needs to not be obviously weird. Or yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. Huh? yeah. This is so like, it's uh, so challenging because we're, feels like we're stepping into a whole new territory with this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and can you, I mean, can you imagine if, if <laughs> yeah, like you said, you could, if you take it to the next level, now I'm walking, uh, you know, <laughs> walking around Coral as yeah. he said, it's like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, why? That's not, that's not uh, how it's supposed to, yeah. to be. At but, least. but now we want to do some experiments regarding cutting. Um, we, we all have our doubts. We know it's not going to work, but it, None of us have ever seen VR uh, cut editing being, yeah, yeah. editing being successful from well shot done. one to shot two. Yeah, well exactly. done. There are examples on YouTube, but that doesn't count. Yeah. I've never seen uh, like the examples you showed me. Yeah, they they didn't feel like cut of a story being told. It's a cut from one uh, experience to another yeah. experience that are totally separated and they fade to black or whatever. Yeah, but we were gonna do some experiments with that. So maybe fading between them. Do we do five frames, 10 frames? Do the camera angles need to be close to each other? Can they be further apart? Is it weird if they're too close to each other? Because then it's a match cut? Yeah. I don't know. That, yeah. Do no. some experimenting. We're going to find out. Yeah. We'll expect to, expect to have lots of headaches. And <laughs> yeah, <crossing>. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. We try with the stereoscopic, uh, the old school 80s glasses. Yeah. yeah after, after 10 minutes. I've yeah. seen a picture of you guys on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine the eye strain and the yeah. colors exactly. in your eyes afterwards. And, then, yeah. and, and your your brain is so good at adapting. So if you if you put on shades that are completely red, for example, and you know if you think you're arty like Bono or whatever, mm -hmm. and then after half an hour, you take them off. Now your brain has already filtered out and changed um, mm -hmm. the way you perceive those colors. So now everything's blue shifted and it's super weird. And it, it might take a half an hour just to fade back into normal mode. But with these, uh, because it's different on each eye, yeah. you open your eyes afterwards after having those things on you for an hour or whatever. And the world is all mismatched. Mm -hmm. uh, to the next level. Yeah, yeah. totally. But, but I mean, uh, going through all this, it's... Uh, Going back to the Blender point of view, it's uh, really great how much, like uh, before, because I haven't, I haven't done any stereo stuff in Blender or, uh, yeah, any application recently, and uh, the way that Delay made it work in stereo, and even being able to support multiple stereo cameras at once, like a, a stereo rig with six cameras or so, that works pretty cool and being able to flip between the different viewing options like anaglyph top down left right and that kind of stuff it works works great and yeah it's it's so awesome that we have that yeah uh, it's amazing yeah, it's kudos to him yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome yeah. yes <laughs> thank you the live for all your great work 
Okay, so maybe we can uh, move on to our next topic, which is, uh, well, Blender Cloud. Blender Cloud has seen quite some activity recently since uh, Sibran uh, joined us. And uh, I know also that Pablo has been being on board uh, quite a bit lately with cloud stuff. So maybe he wants to say something we've been, mention something we've been working on in the past weeks, past week. A week, actually. I think yeah. it was less than a week. Like uh, for the last podcast, it wasn't even planned. We were so excited to have released Search mm-hmm. finally. That um, this other big thing we wanted to cramber in, in the in the previous week, but it was just too much. This big thing is notifications. Whoa. It's a major. Well, I mean, yeah, it feels big because basically now you can comment on the on the cloud. You can you can have a nice conversations. And at first, we didn't think of this feature as a priority because uh, on anywhere else, people are not commenting that much. They're using social media for that. So they're tweeting or Facebooking or anything. Uh, Not even in big blogs, you see a lot of conversation. But on the cloud recently, people have been commenting a lot and talking to each other or to us. So um, you need a way to follow that conversation. You need to know, hey, something happened in this asset in this uh, tutorial so that's what we worked on this week last week and uh, first few days i did the front end and you francesco did the back end so yeah how does it work (laughs) what happens how is it yeah without going too much in the details we had like designing a notification system is uh, of course a, a bit a bit of a challenge because there are a lot of people are really have, I think, quite clear expectations of how an, a notification system should work f- from the user point of view. And of course, we try to design something that uh, from that point of view. So we, we want the user to have a certain experience. So then how we do it in the behind the scenes is not so important. But uh, we, we did something similar in a previous project. Uh, uh, of ours, Blender uh, today. which is yeah, Blender today, and uh, it, it is the same principle. Mm-hmm. So when a user comments uh, on a on, on a post, for example, of the blog or for example on an asset, he automatically uh, gets kind of subscribed to any further updates that is going to happen in that post uh, or context, and also to any uh, comment that gets added as a reply to him. So. Now, finally, if somebody replies to me or if I make a blog post and, and people comment on it, then I can actually see that. Because before, the only way was a bit lame. It was just a, a notification list in the front page and we were constantly checking if there were new comments. But then even even, even then, for the people who were asking something, they also had to check there or go on the page multiple times. So we knew it was definitely not the most ideal solution, but to implement uh, to implement this in a nice way, it, it takes a bit of time and focus, and we have always a lot of stuff going on. So it was a matter of taking like a few days in a row without any instructions to actually code it and ship it. And uh, now that's done. So we really hope that this helps us bring in the conversation on the cloud to the next level. So, yeah, if you want to have an idea, just go to the cloud and you'll see a new little icon, a bell icon on it. And the rest is basically like if you were on, on Facebook. If you have Facebook, you have this world with, uh, yeah, somebody left a comment on X. Um, so basically that. But I'm pretty happy that uh, you made it generic enough that we can have other kinds of notifications. For example, you could follow a project. You can uh, get notified by email or by web, uh, web notification on like a little pop-up that there's a new tutorial in, I don't know, track match plan, for example. 
So that is pretty cool. And also for authors of previous projects, they can also get notified about it. So. Yeah, somebody wrote a comment on Venom's Lab. Yeah, one. Venus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is not on the cloud even. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> not even. Yeah, I should, I should actually, I should put it up. It's yeah. on, it's online, it's <laughs> on YouTube. But, uh, but yeah, well, for previous projects like from Sebastian yeah, or like yeah. Andy, Creature Factory yeah. Three, you know, people asking for it. Yeah, there is a one thing that is uh, just to, to add to this uh, is. Um, when when we design a system like that with uh, that that is going to call the attention of the user, the first thing we we have to think of is how it can be turned off because yeah. you don't want you don't want to have notifications, especially email notifications, which are really handy uh, if you want to follow that. Um, but if you don't want, it's just spam. So it has to be uh, working from the so from the start. What is the default if you like when, when it gets turned on? Email is an optional thing. No, it's not yeah, yeah. Default, right? yeah, absolutely. You yeah. don't get an email by default. Actually, right now the configuration for email is completely disabled. So, yeah. because we really need to smooth it out. But uh, actual web notifications are on by default, and they are very, I mean, very uh, unintrusive. Right. Uh, yeah, just a little icon on the corner. So it's not like we are popping it on your face. <laughs> and also, uh, removing yourself from this notification is extremely easy. It's just next to it. There is a little icon, and you can say, "Don't bother me anymore about this," and that's it. Yeah, I, I, I took that idea from uh, from Facebook. Is next to when you mouse over a notification, you can unsubscribe from the posts for no, notifications from that post or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's just that that works. You can unsubscribe from that from that stuff. Did you pay for the patent or? <laughs> oh, it's a it's an inspiration. You can't patent an idea, so yes, homage. Yeah. <laughs> homage. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well. So that's uh, pretty much what we've been uh, working on regarding notifications, and we hope you like it. And now, if you leave us a comment uh, regarding further questions for the podcast or anything, really, we are going to see it, and you are going to see if we reply. So hopefully, it will be great. Yeah. Today, for example, I just noticed that there have been re uh, comments on the one of the animation review videos. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm actually going <laughs> to reply to them now later today. But yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty cool. Cool. So that brings us also to Sibren. Hello. Yeah, we've been here very quiet. Yes. And uh, also during the studio time when we are working, it's very quiet because he's actually the most productive person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's uh, doing a lot of uh, fantastic stuff. So I don't know how much we talked about it last time, but I think it would be great to get a bit of an overview of what you've been doing this week. And then we can maybe talk a bit more about the future. So what is coming and what we are going to work on together regarding sure. the Blender Cloud. So. Welcome to the podcast, by the way. Thank First you very time. much. Yes. yes, welcome. First time. Hey. Um, so last week on Tuesday, I started working here. So first order of business was to make me a cup of coffee. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <coffee>. Yeah, <laughs> that was horrible. And then basically I couldn't do anything because I didn't have a computer yet. Uh, but that was quickly solved. So I made sure I got working and then immediately I think I started working on the Blender ID. So I got everything running on my machine mm -hmm. and started working on the Blender ID add-on for Blender. Whoa. Yes. What is that? Is what the is Blender it? ID, yeah. Blender the, blend it? <laughs> the, the Blender ID is one central system where everybody who wants to do something cool with something Blender related can authenticate people. They can log in there. You can create your own free account. And we can also, in the future, 
track things like badges that you are a Blender Network member or that you have supported coming on this three or four, other four <laughs> or five. <laughs> coming um, soon. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be the central hub of, yeah, people and, and tracking coolness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for people that don't know also that it, this system is already working on the web side and it's used for uh, Blender Network logging in, for the cloud logging, for the BFCT program and for Blender Today to also use it. So mm-hmm. it's already used on the web, but now there's yeah. an add-on for that. There's an add-on for that. Yes, so you can open Blender, log in on Blender ID and then uh, basically other add-ons can use that. So uh, the first thing that we're building is a texture browser. So if people publish cool textures on a texture library on the cloud, then you can access that from within Blender. What? Say yes. what? Huh. Yeah. With so a single click, you can see everything. Yes. Wow. The first step is to get, uh, of course, our current uh, texture library to work because we have a very rich and curated texture library with a lot of great content in it. And uh, that is actually, as a, as a test, that this was the... The, the first step that we are going to do. And I think uh, you are quite close to, to getting that to work. Yes. And that's great because this this Blender idea, as Sibren was saying, basically is just there to tell Blender, okay, the current user is this person with this ID. And that's how other add-ons then can take advantage of it. So it was just a little clarification regarding that. So what do you think? Like is... Uh, how, how far is this uh, texture browsing? Is it like a couple of days? Uh, is it going to be released uh, like anytime soon? Or we have to wait a bit? Uh, I, think? Th- I think that a, a working prototype uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have all these little things like making it configurable, easy to use, um, make it refresh everything without down- re-downloading everything all the time. So there are some details that need to be fleshed out still, but somewhere in the next few weeks, we should be able to release this. It's, um, this is the Blender Cloud add The Blender Cloud add Because the Blender yes. ID and the Blender Cloud are different add-ons. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but I think we're going to release them simultaneously. Yeah. Um, because they depend on each other. Well, the Blender Cloud add-on depends on the Blender ID add-on. Yeah. And I think... Releasing a Blender ID add-on is pretty useless without something that uses it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that was the original discussion we also had with Campbell when a few weeks ago. I also had a semi-working idea of how to do the Blender ID, but yeah, until we actually have a use, it doesn't make sense to commit it. And uh, yeah, so that's that's looking very promising. So. Of course, this uh, add-on and this uh, technology is not the only reason why you're here. Like, I mean, there is much more yes. <laughs> that we want to that we want to yes. achieve. Maybe I don't know uh, if you can give a little bit uh, of background about uh, your your work. Like, uh, yeah, we understand that you are a drummer, but that sound <laughs> yes. right now is not coming from you. Ah, it's yeah, last that. week we mentioned yes. yeah, the explanation uh, of the zoo, noise, yeah. the elephants. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. the zoo is being expanded. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. what do you do? What do you do? What do I do? Uh, well, actually, I just finished my PhD in computer animation, basically. The doctor, tra- doctor, 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 yes. doctor. Two doctors in the house, yeah. Jesus. Oh, three, wow. three, three. No, Ton also. Three, ah, that Ton is in yeah. yeah. technically yeah. a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I worked on uh, animation uh, and simulation of dense crowds of virtual humans. 
Um, before that, I worked at different companies doing different stuff from financial systems to uh, dynamic websites, uh, all the way to a charging station for electric vehicles. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so lots of cool stuff. And actually, just for those who want to learn more about uh, the, the PhD work of Seabrand, there is a very interesting talk, I think, on the uh, Blender yes. conference website. There, yes. is a, there is a YouTube video that maybe we can link. or From share. last year, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Last right? yeah. conference, yeah. So but also, you're a Blender developer. I'm also a Blender you're developer. To yes. mention that. <laughs> you should be proud. I'm proud. Why aren't you telling us, Seabrand? Yeah. Are you hiding something? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you you work. Uh, I know from your from your PhD work, you've been working especially uh, with real time. So yeah. you in Blender, you also been working with a game engine. I've been working with the game engine as well as regular Blender, mm -hmm. um, because that allowed me to have one software package where I could do offline analysis of static situations, as well as run everything dynamically in the game engine, and then have Blender record it so that I can render it nicely for videos, etc. And for analysis later on, which is also very important. So the Blender game engine is really useful. The Blender game engine is really useful. <laughs> yes, yes. yes we love game engine. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, but uh, again, you also have, so it's very interesting because you have this mix of, uh, you know, 3D and, uh, and Blender, and you also have this very extensive uh, web development background that yeah. uh, that is great. So. Uh, since uh, you started working here, we made a little bit of planning regarding what is coming next for the Blender Cloud. So a little glimpse in the future is this Blender ID system and Blender ID uh, awareness inside of Blender. But uh, we also talked about something more, like, uh, for example, making uh, the Blender Cloud uh, a project system. So uh, a system yeah. for users. Uh, to create their own projects and can you tell us a bit more about this like yeah it's it's right now the cloud is really a bunch of cool people showing off their their really cool stuff giving access to to all these tutorials and, 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 <laughs> images Who are these people? and textures <laughs> um, and there's of course people here in the studio but there's also from external people like uh, Glab Alexandrov who shows a lot of cool stuff and we like this, we want more of it. So the next step is going to give every cloud member access to project space that they can, so they can collaborate with project members, publish their stuff for other cloud members. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and that's quite big, of course. So we, we started designing this, we started talking about this, and this is something that has been going on for a few a few weeks already. And that's why also we brought Sivan on board because of his uh, uh, because we really need someone else to help with uh, with the cloud development. And um, I think that next to that we are going to expand a little bit the toolset of the cloud. So currently the cloud works more as a content management system, so it's mostly for uh, uploading videos and pictures and things like that. But uh, uh, originally it was developed during Cosmos Laundromat to support uh, shot management and uh, production tracking, production management. And uh, I think one of our goals is also to be able to add that back so that then when uh, a user is working on his, uh, on his project, he can actually take advantage of that system to use it. So that I think will bring the cloud 
one step for, forward and uh, make it a really useful tool, not just for consuming content, but also for producing content. Yeah. And, uh, and that's great. I guess we yeah. have to make a movie to test that, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So regarding uh, more cloud content, we were discussing previously about uh, an, uh, something we announced last week. Uh, Chialti was going to uh, record a video. Uh, we were going to record a little uh, walkthrough of the FlexiRig system. Um, it's an Italian director yep. guiding me. And and failing <laughs> at showing up for being, the for the being, shooting, being super busy. Yeah. yeah. So this is this Starts. this uh, this, uh, this. Come out of your trailer. <laughs> I'm busy. Uh, so yeah, this has been postponed, but uh, we are going to do it. Like we are, uh, it is going to be released uh, probably before the end of the week. Yeah. And uh, we really want to have a more polished uh, uh, walkthrough with a little bit of uh, changes and improvements to the FlexRig from the past weeks of feedback and and use. So that is still is still in the works and is coming really really soon and uh, I, I I really think it it will help to have another round really of showing off okay this is the system here you can you can have it this is how it works in less than five minutes so you, nobody gets bored and yeah. you can actually get inspired to do something so totally we are going to do that yeah so staying on topic regarding rigging. We also received uh, uh, a couple of days ago a, a preview of the Blend Rig training. So the other rigging uh, toolset, uh, Juan Pablo has been sharing with us some previews of his uh, tutorials, and uh, we've been looking at it. So, but uh, the reactions were, I don't know. It was really, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It has some uh, nice. great guitar riffs in the background. Yeah, that is going... moment in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, delay yeah. and just. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. Really? It rocks. Yeah, yeah, it rocks. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. Like, yeah, yeah Kjalti was the last to see it and was like, so, so, how is it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, raise, raise your expectations. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter how, how high you raise them, you're still going to be surprised. Put on yeah. the headphones and yeah. just go dive yeah. into it. I'm so excited for the tutorials to, to finally be released because then we can, uh, we can understand this how it monster works. that Blendrig is because it seems to be so powerful but I have no idea how to start rigging something and I want to check it out and I think he said it's going to be a couple of hours of material even so uh, yeah. it's going to be really in depth yeah. and uh, a great learning material so I'm excited to see it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, coming in the in the next weeks so we are going to talk to him now to set him up with a uh, with the upload system, so he was going to be able to upload and then still answer any question that comes up. So he's been doing a great job at keeping track of any yeah. question regarding the system and support. I'll so be notified him, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's going to be notified. Yeah, I don't know how he keeps track of that because yeah. he's been answering every question. So even during holidays, so I yeah. guess he was refreshing the homepage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So thank you, Juan Pablo. Not we are anymore. super excited to see what uh, what comes with the tutorials. Okay, so I think we can now move on to our Q&A sessions. There haven't been too many questions, right, Pablo? Uh, not too many, but uh, some interesting ones. Uh, Italic talks about the, the all the Euler and the Quaternion stuff from last week. <laughs> uh, it's not actually a question. The next one is from Mark on 3D, and he asks, and how do you guys cast your actors for your shorts? Well, we mostly take Yalti, and if he's not there... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I know for previous projects, it's usually Ton that yeah. gets in touch with, uh, directly with people, even for Cosmos. Yeah, we yeah. usually, the it goes via casting agency. So, for example, for the uh, teaser of 
um, I mean, for the original trailer of the Gooseberry Project, I've been in touch with uh, uh, several casting agencies to find the voice for Frank. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically it's just uh, online work looking up uh, these huge directories of, uh, of uh, voice actors and uh, listen to samples and uh, stuff like that until we find something that we want and then getting in touch with the agency and uh, negotiate the deal. But, but there is also one element. It's that uh, it's a, it is a Dutch casting agency and you, we usually aim for... Well, if we're going to do something that we get the Netherlands Film Fund to fund us or have some high probability of it, I think in the past that's been kind of the direction. Yeah, that's always a factor. Like for the for the te- for the teaser for the crowdfunding campaign, that was not a problem. So I actually went via a British company, I think. Um, but yeah, normally for uh, Tears of Steel or for Sintel and uh, yeah, since since Elephant's Dream, it, it has always been with the Dutch voice talent. Yeah, I think Tears of Steel was pretty open. Even people sent uh, their. That's actually true. And yeah. one actor was from the United States. Yeah, and they Haley, they he was from. They the sent US. their videos. Yeah. That was that was pretty cool That's actually cool. for for Sintel. It wasn't like we was directly via an, an agency. Yeah. Really so maybe worked. we're gonna cast Koro's brother. Brother. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
with yeah, it's, stuff. It's kind of a crowd shot. Yes, we had some concept art from uh, David. We wanted, we, we knew what we wanted. And some of the objects were simple enough that, okay, should be, okay, should be simple. Then you get those files. And for, um, for characters is one thing for, a, like for an organic, uh, inorga inorganic, inorganic, inorganic <laughs> objects, it's, it's usually okay. Yeah. Except when people maybe use too many vertices, for example, you, you have a basket in the background <laughs> and it's like the most detailed basket you've ever seen. Too much love went into exactly. the background basket. Yeah. Yes. And that's, yeah, you, but then you have to go and fix that. You know, yeah. you have to simplify it. And some people make UVs one way, some people make them the other way. Mm. Uh, materials back then, it wasn't that much of a problem because it was just Blender internal. So it's not that you had. You can't make it too complex. In, in uh, cycles, you can make it super slow and uh, to to render a material, so that you have to be even more careful. So that's for inorganic uh, objects and stuff. For characters, is completely different. <laughs> David made a bunch of uh, concept arts about different uh, people in the can be in the market. There was even like uh, one girl concept, women, um, that was had different, I don't know, outfits, for example, A, B, C, and D. And then, yeah, many people went for A, for example, and nobody were for D, for example. So <laughs> then you have many versions of this one character, not of the other one. The topology was completely different. The size, uh, yeah, it, it's just so hard to get people for that. For yeah. animation, I guess it happens the same with the style. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think uh, just on any level. I yeah. mean, if you, for example, if you have... You just throw this rig to an yeah. animator that doesn't have maybe the fundamentals of um, weight shifting or even, I mean, just keeping a, a background character alive so it doesn't draw attention to itself, but at the same time doesn't feel completely dead. Yeah, That is a subtle thing to do. Um, and it's highly dependent on the shot or the moment within the shot and the angle of the camera. So making... Making a, a, just a generic a character animated in such a way that it could be used anywhere at any time at any yeah. place. It's like, well, it's a tall order. Exactly. And for example, this this scene was supposed to be a market. Everybody's supposed to be doing their own thing. Yeah. Somebody is checking out the apples and then somebody else is walking around. But if you're only doing that animation, you want it to you want to be the star. So <laughs> grabbing this apple will be the most epic, most, most flamboyant uh, yes. hand grab of exactly. an apple. Exactly. Oh, look at how I grab this apple. <laughs> so everything, yeah, exactly. You put on all those uh, yeah. animations together, and then there's this competition of which one is the most. Yeah, um, totally. And I, I think you're right also with uh, when you mentioned the style. Um, yeah. Because let's say some you have you have five characters in a shot. I mean, it's going to be more than that. But if you have five characters in a shot, one is animated kind of like Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs. Another one, like Aladdin. <laughs> Another one, like Tangled. I mean, you can have different styles and then it kind of clashes on the screen. Yeah. And then maybe you have two of them that are just not that well animated, just are lacking some of the body mechanics or whatever, or have these weird poses that make no sense, like an arm is kind of broken. Um at a certain point, when you take that stuff in, now you need an animator to go over all this material and try to fix it. And on average, it takes 
less of a time to just make the animator do it from scratch on location yeah. where he can get instant feedback from everybody, uh, get notes right away. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not super confident in doing something like that. Yeah. I think that the answer for that, as you say shortly, is mostly quality is the biggest issue because when you set yourself a certain uh, quality threshold, then it means that you also have to invest your own time or an artist's time on location to to supervise the production of that yeah. animation. So this means that uh, there is the point of balance between having five or six animators online or even three animators online willing to do the job and delivering it at the, at the right quality uh, at the price of having one animator here almost devoting full time to make sure that that happens because that doesn't happen by itself exactly. versus having the same animator taking double the time but doing everything in-house while maybe taking on some other smaller tasks. So that is also one of the reasons we always, um, I mean, in the past, in, in, for, for past films, we try to design the task and design the scene so that it's more working like this because for as much as it's great to work with a large team and have a, a, a large input from different people because that always enriches the movie we always have to make it feasible and stay within the budget so that's uh that's a pretty important point yeah i think the the main issue is that here we have one animator or two animators usually at a time not more than that if we had a bigger team and there was uh, people actually working on stuff and then there was, okay, one can spare time once a week and then it goes like, okay, today's your day, we'll have to go. And maybe not go through um, all the characters, for example. Maybe people can be given already one rig that we know it works mm -hmm. and it's probably blend rig <laughs> <laughs> um, or something simpler for the background and then just submit an OpenGL, for example. And then the animator can go through the OpenGLs and that's easier. They don't have to get all the blend files because remember, we, we, we used to have the blend files. So yeah. that was even more um, difficult. Even more difficult, more different. Everybody sets, sets their own blend files different. Yeah. So maybe if the team grows and there is some time to spare for that, maybe you gain some time. Maybe you just need some walk cycles and just looking at the OpenGL render yeah, can already tell maybe if is... you're, it's going to be useful or not and just also to not, not waste uh, other people's time. Yeah, it yeah. need it needs to be something helpful and not something that it takes more time than the effort of just making it yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the idea. Yeah, we we did ended up using stuff on on yeah. Sintel. So if you look at the credits, you see the the, the name of those that yeah. help us. So thank you very much. But keep also in mind that in any given uh, studio, when you have a project like that. Um, on a professional level, you usually hand off uh, any given shot to one particular animator and that animator has to craft that shot the, all the way through. So if you have background characters, because the background characters might interfere with the silhouette or the uh, rhythm yeah. or whatever is supposed to be happening in the shot. And you want to make sure that uh, you don't have this clash of five different animators working on the same shot and then they all have different ideas it's hard to give feedback because the the shot is already split up and it's just a shot it's not you know it's, uh, you, you want to have that clash happen maybe between sequences which is a, a little bit less of an effort uh, to try to match up the shots um, yeah it's a, it's I mean it's a really good question though I, I it's hard to make it work with animation I think I think you can pull it off maybe with props and have some guidelines regarding props um, maybe 
Well, even, I mean, I'm not the expert though, but even having different UV maps, I mean, that's, or, you know, they want a basket is one billion vertices, <laughs> the most yeah. high res basket of all time. Yeah. Um, before we go to the next question, I just want to mention regarding the, the previous question. Um, there are sometimes when we do, I mean, we, we do these story reels in which we're to kind of just testing out the animatic or whatever. And there is some in-house talent that gets used, like the Italian sheep, for example, Fra Fra Franchio or <laughs> Franchito. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there are versions, I think, somewhere on the cloud where Francesco... Why do you bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> it is the best thing ever. Oh, and I think I was the voice for Victor for some time. Yeah. And Pablo was a, a caterpillar oh, yes, with a mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. so and you know who's the guard in on Sintel in the fight? The first... Who? The, the fight. No way. Can who? you guess? Let's uh, ask the people in the comments wow. below. We will we'll yeah, find out. Okay, find out next wow. week. Wow. Right. Oh, I'm excited. Just go check out Sintel. <laughs> wow. Okay, next up. Um, next, it was a question about uh, is by Vitali Schmorhun. Schmorhun, and the question was that he found a it got answer already. Thank you, guys. That's that's what I meant by people already helping each other, which is great that the question was that he was finding uh, he was found a way to merge vertices while modeling in a fast way and he couldn't know why and that's uh, about something we talked in the podcast some weeks ago that sometimes there are shortcuts that you don't know what like how you found them or like you just press it and it's something happens and your cat walks on your keyboard yeah exactly and, oh, and yeah. Seems, how did you do that yeah <laughs> and sometimes the last operator is not uh, clear enough so you don't know what you do you have a cat maybe <laughs> and he mentions this with the with the merging two vertices so uh, somebody else mentions that this option is actually in the header it it's an icon with two vertices and two oh, a vertex two and two arrows, two arrows into one to, yeah yeah it's for auto merge so basically if you're using snapping to vertex you can enable this option it's in the header in edit mode and it will snap one vertex to the other and remove doubles basically in there yeah in the i i did not know this by the way i saw it in the comments and it's pretty cool. it's my gut reaction is no way <laughs> yeah way. and yeah i learned something that's <laughs> thanks to campbell yeah, yeah so campbell i i requested the original because back then i was doing a lot of poly by poly modeling where you would join vertices together all the time yeah and then uh, I mentioned this little request to him, and he said it was possible to merge after each transform. And it's so brilliant because it's simple and it makes your whole workflow so much faster. Uh, yeah, I yeah, remember it was, it, it was in the mesh uh, in the mesh menu in the three D view for a while, and then yeah. they added this button later. Yeah, the button is a bit uh, hard to find out what it does, especially if you're not looking down there. But, uh, yeah. but now to come to think of it, uh, it's close to the snapping options, which they're kind of uh, related to each other. That makes sense, yeah. And uh, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so thank you, Campbell, for that. Thank you, Vitali, for the question. And thank you, Italic, for answering the question, <laughs> even with an image. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you, you so everybody. Thank, yeah. you, thank you, guys. Everything. We are so happy. Yes. Um, the last question, Qualism. So you often speak of mega-budget USA feature animation, like Zootopia or The Good Dinosaur. Yes, it's true. We usually talk about that. <laughs> Do you also watch low to mid-budget European feature animations like the Asterix movie or Monster in Paris or Tad, the Lost Explorer or 
Tadeo Jones in uh, Spain. It's a Spanish movie. And the answer is... And the answer is... I really want to see the Asterix movie. I haven't seen it yet. I'm a huge fan of the comics and to some extent the uh, the the 2D movies they made later and to no extent to the live action films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Is there? But yeah, there's live uh, live action films of Asterix. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those I cannot comment on, but I'm really excited <laughs> to see the, the the film because it seems like they they paid so much attention to getting cl- as close to the comics as possible. Mm. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I, I, I remember really fondly of the 2D animation. Yeah, the 2D are like that's my whole childhood there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Nice. I so, haven't seen that. I, I I wanted to say yes because I do watch a lot of different stuff. But then everything he mentioned, I haven't seen any of it, so I, I guess it's no. Yeah, <laughs> I, guess yeah, I mean, we, we all know we all know those uh, those titles, but our monster in Paris, I've been uh, willing to check out for a long time, but never really. I'm not watching a lot of movies lately, anyway. So you guys have seen one that I haven't seen, which is the Book of Life. I've yeah. seen that one. The yeah, yeah that's life. that's that not did. a big budget thing, right? Yeah, it's not European. Yeah, yeah, well. and it's sort of budgety. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's made in the US. It's not in the by real Hollywood, effects, of course, but, um, but yeah, it's by real effects, right? Yeah, in Austin. Yeah. And it's great. You, you, you should watch it, The Book of Life. Yeah. It's by a Mexican director. It's we have fun. to watch more movies here, clearly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Maybe we should have that be uh, like a bi weekly thing or something where we can watch a, a movie. Maybe you suggest it from the comments or something, and ah. then we can review oh, that's it. That's cool. Yeah, keep yeah. it coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, we actually had. When we did uh, our list of top films, there already I remember we walked out with a little list of things uh, yeah, everybody that, wanted yeah. to watch, but yeah. uh, oh, we'd yeah, never I done it. To, yeah. I have to collect all those uh, DVDs and stuff. And <laughs> that was one of the first, actually. And today is the 16th podcast, so four months. We are lazy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so not that we're lazy. We're just uh, too busy, busy with yeah. working, 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 yeah. making yeah. small independent European movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> lately, uh, well. Uh, maybe because I speak Spanish, right? That I'm more connected with the Spanish world of animation. But there has been many uh, movies coming out lately, like often and with good quality. Like, well, Planet 51 has already some years, but um, this one that they mentioned is Star the Lost Explorer with Tadeo Jones. Metagol. Met, no, Metagol is Argentinian. Yeah, well, Spanish. Ah, but it's Spanish, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also Spanish-ish uh, product, production too. Um, but what else? Uh, Catch a flag, Atrapa la bandera is one of these, a pretty recent one um, that also broke records in uh, in Spain. So it's pretty cool. Uh, there is a lot of, and I follow them on on Twitter. The these uh, production companies and they all the time recruiting new people. Wow! So that's cool. There's stuff going on in there. Yeah, we see sometimes uh, when we look up, we look around for other studios to to do some business uh, investigation just to see how the market is here in Europe for animation. And uh, we we come across some trailers, for example, the Robinson Crusoe German ah, film. And, that, uh, that was actually looked pretty good. Yeah, that's like it would be very interesting to see yeah. what happens uh, there. Like thinking about Italy, I remember there, there is one, I think, from two years ago, Gladiatori di Roma. So there are gladiators. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't to, know if we yeah. can vote like I don't want to offend anyone, but I haven't watched any of the German 
3D animated yeah. CG short, uh, not shorts, uh, but features, big, big features, and they're considered be quite big in Germany with with a huge budget. Mm. Like I think Tarzan was the, the latest that I they made checked a out. They made a Tarzan film, yeah, with motion capture in oh, stereo. Oh no! And uh, anyway, I don't want to offend anyone who worked on those films. They are really high production value, and everything looks super great. But I'm just like I couldn't care less about what kind of films they make. Mm. Why they are not Sigh. just original or they're they're just huge, hugely bloated wannabe copies of uh, uh, American. Uh, That's a statement. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Without offending anyone, and, and, <laughs> I, I don't want to offend any. Yeah. And of course, I am German. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, that actually I, came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, uh, yes, uh, it's, it's very hard to talk about these things. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I think uh, I, I think the same about uh, some some Italian tip, uh, productions that I have seen. So mm. well, yeah. we've all seen Icelandic movies. Uh, we yeah, we, we all know the caliber uh, well. comes from there. Yeah. So <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, what about the Dutch? Hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Dutch industry for. We live here. Well, we're yeah. actually one of the biggest uh, Dutch animation studios. We are. We are. Yeah. Indeed, yes. Yeah. 3D square animation meters studios. Or wow. uh, <laughs> square meters. In square meters Both and in terms of ego. <laughs> square meters. <laughs> wow. Square meters, egos, and... Uh, Whoa. Oh, <laughs> the ratio. Wow. And freedom. Wow. And freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. 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 We're still working on Dutch people, though. So, uh, hey, yeah. Sebrin. Hey. Hey. Hello there. It's going up. Anyway, so yeah, keep your suggestions coming for movies that we should watch. And, ah, yeah, totally. uh, yeah, and uh, we'll do our best to, to watch them. <laughs> get away yeah. from our computers and actually watch some movies. We should. Yeah. What about, yeah, reviewing uh, indie movies? Yeah. yeah. Or low, totally. lower, but not Let's indie, do it. Not, that's a bad. But I, I think it would be cool, though, if, if we were watching a movie that most people have seen, you know, from on the cloud or within this community, and then we can review it a little bit, you know, with, with spoilers and stuff, and kind of dissect it from our point of view because all of us have kind of different perspectives on, you know, not just storytelling, but like, you know, textures or cinematography or yeah. animation or whatever it is. And crowd simulation. Or cr crowd simulation. You know, those characters over there, they were standing in the crowd and, you know, yeah. they didn't really yeah. disperse the way they should. Yeah. <laughs> You can you can maybe Sibran can watch uh, Lord of the Rings. Their <laughs> their crowd simulator. Ah, come on, that's already a little bit old. Come on, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, World War Z was pretty impressive. How uh, all the zombies are crawling that, over. That each wasn't other. crowd simulation. That was yeah. liquid simulation. They just happened to put <laughs> <laughs> zombies in there. <laughs> yeah. But that was that was really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, that's the last question. Great. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, we will catch up next time. Keep the questions coming. Keep the notifications going. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Have a good week and see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast. Brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are you getting tired of gravity constantly fighting your wallet? Throw your money at the screen on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org.